Uh, my last three months will, be, will have to be sermon enough because I just wanted to, as a family, like we were sitting in the living room together, um, share with y'all what our journey's been like, what, um, what scriptures have meant something to me. And, um, you know, I don't have a title, but I have a, a theme behind uh, my last three months, and it's, it's you can either abound or you can abandon. You can either abound and advance and keep on moving forward and keep on moving forward, or you can abandon and back up and back up and back up, regardless of how that pertains to uh, your life individually, uh, different from mine. Mine is going to be ministry trials and um, the promises that Eric and Matt made to me. This will, this will be, the, I mean, they looked me in the eyes like men would and said, this will be the test of your life. And they know some of the tests I've been through. They said, this will be the test of your life. Man, they were right. Okay? They were right. And you have that option when you stand face to face with um, the tough stuff. You can abound and get better and move forward and move forward. Or you can abandon and you can back up. A whole lot of people are abandoning. A whole lot of people are abandoning. I don't think no one in this room is going to be in that crowd. Amen. That you are abounders. Okay? Whether it's sin, you need a victory over. You got to abound. We can't abandon. We can't back up. We can't keep falling into the same stuff. Or it's a, or it's a um, calling or, or something that the Lord is showing us. We can't back up and we can't abandon. We got to abound. You got to abound. Even if it doesn't make sense, we've got to move forward. So I was sitting right about where JJ and Natalie are. Okay, or oh, that row somewhere, it's a special row, right guys? Um, and uh, I'm getting ready to pop up here and preach, you know, my last time as, a, um, as coming to this church every day, I'm still a member, okay? Kathleen leans over and whispers in my ear why she did it this time, I don't have a clue, women do stuff like that from time to time, Okay? She says, you're going to be a daddy. But she whispered to me. Right before I stand up behind here <laughs> to preach, you know, my last service for a few months. And so, you know, like guys are able to do, we can box it up and throw it away for a few minutes and get to business. And then afterwards it hits me. So, <coughs> baby number four. Okay. So, yeah, it's victory. We get home. We're making the preparations that we need to make to move. Um, I'll share that in a few minutes. This is all a part of my testimony. So um, it might get boring, so I'll spice it up with Scripture, and I'll come back with my testimony. Okay? Um, a little bit ways through it. Um, and Kathleen starts to go through um, the... Um, the symptoms of miscarriage. We've been down that road three times. We know what it is. And so um, there's a family vacation lined up and full of faith like we are. You know what? Let's go. And let's believe God. And so we go with the, with the symptoms letting up a little bit. If you don't know what the symptoms are, Google it. It's quite invasive and it's serious. Okay, 
So we go, day one, day two, we think we got victory. Day three, man, it's, um, um, it's, it's here again, you know? And the, the, the hard part about that is watching Kathleen hurt. She's tough. Some of you know her very well. Some of you know her pretty well. And some of you don't know her at all. Most of you know her pretty well. And she's tough. But she gets beat down in those seasons. That's tough. But she's still tough. I hope to be half as tough as her. And so we're there. We gather the family together. I try to tell them what's going on. Our families, um, you know, God-fearing, lovely family, but, you know, it's, it wouldn't be like telling y'all, okay? So we embrace that we are not going to deliver our fourth child. We're going to bury another one. We embrace that. We've seen it three times. I know what it is. I didn't lose faith. I didn't lose heart. I just, I know what it is. And so that's, that's our battle. And I'm thinking, daggone, this is tough. You know, we're already going through this and we go through this. And um, in those moments when it's tough, you have the chance to abound and advance and move forward. Or you have the chance to abandon and back up. Even if you don't abandon to the extent that you say, I, I curse God and die. But even if you take one step back, it's devastating. There's no time for steps backwards. And so we're coming home, and it's, man, it's bad, it's tough, but we get home, and the process just stopped. We prayed. There's many in here who may know about this season already because you were praying for us, okay? And we get home, and like, what in the world's going on? We go to the doctor. We're sitting in the doctor. They do all the tests that they do. And those of you that have been through that, you know how extremely uncomfortable and gut-wrenching those appointments are. They're gut-wrenching. And that's a moment. We're standing there in that moment. We have a chance to abound in our faith and praise God and stand for Him. Or we can abandon. And so we're sitting there. And the doctor does her thing and doesn't give us any information. They're stubborn like that. And they go and talk to the real doctor, and they call us back in. And you know, before that, there was just a breakthrough. When you're on that threshold of that, um, that abandoned feeling, that pulling the sword feeling, you know what I'm saying? I listen. <laughs> I promise you. We whip out our little iPod in the doctor's office, and we start to praise him. Because we only have time to abound. We only have time to advance. We don't have time to go backwards. And Kathleen grabs my hand. She looks at me, tough as she is, and says, we'll praise him no matter what. Amen. We'll praise him no matter what. They call us in there. <laughs> I, I'm not crying because I'm soft. I'm crying because the joy in Kathleen's eyes is something of joy. And she says, I don't know what to tell you. I know what you've been through. There's a heartbeat here, and there's life. And you would have thought they gave us the opposite news as we broke down. We abounded. We went forward, advanced. 
There's no time to go backwards. We can't do it on our own. There's people in here hurting. There's people in here that need deliverance. People in here that need to advance in their commitments to the Lord. And we need each other. Amen. We need each other. The biggest testimony upon leaving here was that. That was the beginning. That was when we were on the threshold of death, knocking on the door, and they began to pray. But Matt and Eric and Jennifer and Matt and Cassidy were in a, a, a home in Louisiana, dropped everything and prayed. And they felt the shift like I did. And we still, it was like bad stuff happening, but there was the victory. Amen. Victory, guys. Amen. And in March, we will have baby number four. Hallelujah. Okay? Victory. We come back at that point when you when you when you get a victory like that and you've advanced like that, everything gets easier. I'm riding down the road and I went ahead and stopped at the realtor's office that day because I was like, this house means nothing to me. Let's sell it. Let's give it away. Let's give the thing away. We got life. We have life given to us today. I don't care about houses or money or cars or anything. We got life. And the Lord has been speaking. Advance, abound. It's hard. Don't stop at just the rattling of the bones. Okay? Don't stop at the rattling of the bones. Because there's more. There's more. And so, another brief little testimony. Um, my house... Put that thing on the market and sold it. Oh, yeah, everything is great and awesome. And then comes, you know, we have a big party here, and it's a sending party. And look, I'm standing right here in my peach shirt that I bought especially for that occasion. Y'all remember that? <laughs> okay, and my boys are right here. And then it's awesome. I'm like, yes, we're going to conquer it, conquer it. And then you wake up in the middle of the night thinking, what in heaven's name have I done? What have I done? Without a doubt, guys, and um, it, it matters not to me who hears it nationwide, this is home to me. The greatest place I've ever been. And so I came here in, in great need of just a touch from God and got it. And so it was easy to come here and stay. You know what's hard, and for all you who will be sent, because this room is filled with them, it's hard to leave this because it's just going on here. It's so sweet. It's so powerful. And then you're going to wake up when you've stepped into that calling that God has prepared you for and you're going to open your eyes and you're going to look at a strange ceiling in a strange bedroom in a strange town with no friends. And you're going to have to have grit. Amen. You're going to have to have grit because it's Darn sure, nothing easy about it. When you fill with that fire and it sends you forth and you go to carry it, don't ever forget what you got here, but please appreciate it now. We can't stop at the rattling of bones. So I figured I'd write this down because so much happened I knew I would forget because I just naturally gravitate towards reading the scriptures, but I promised I'm sharing my testimony. From an emotional standpoint... And man, that, that miracle of our baby just 
thrusted me, man, I'm telling you, nothing was going to stop me. When I'm unpacking a house that I built, and oh, all my kids came home to it, who cares? If you can't give up your house for Jesus, you'll never give up your life. <laughs> ever. Ever. I know I brought my babies home there. I know I brought uh, my bride home there on the way home my honeymoon. So what? If I can't give up my house, so much giving up my life. Abound. Advance. Don't back up. Don't give in to the same sins over and over. Don't, don't let the same things defeat you. Don't back up from that purpose and that calling and that training that God's trying to give you. Don't back up ever. In the cell of the house and it's gone and um, you think, okay, now I'm financially able to do what God's asked me to do. <laughs> go, ahead, go ahead and make financial preparations. Try, try that one. God is in charge and He wants to make sure that you and I always know that. Always. Oh yeah, I get what I get from my cabin, I can get me another place. <laughs> yeah. No chance. But God is God. That's what I tell my wife and kids when we go down the road and we're like, oh man, oh man. And the kids, they don't know nothing about it. They're just along for the ride. They're sweeties. Me and Kathleen know it though. I'm like, oh man, this is, hey, this is, this is tough. We got it though. We got it. And we finally say, you know what? If he's God, he's God. And we can act like it because he's got us. Don't be tempted to abandon. Don't be tempted to back up because it's right there. Brent said it so well. We... We went there, you know, had some plans and thoughts and ideas that you think will pan out and it will just, you will accelerate and you will move forward. And when those things look drastically different than what you thought, okay, in terms of those who you thought would be with you, in everything you can think of. And it's like you're punched right in the gut. Not that it's anybody's fault, necessarily. But it's like you're punched right in the gut. And the wind's knocked out of you. And your rug's pulled out from you. And you're on your back. Now what? This wasn't supposed to be like this, but I know God called me. Probably more than that. Let's just be honest here. Thinking that, listening to that nasty, disgusting voice of the devil tells you lies, tries to destroy you. It's not a person in this room he doesn't want to kill. So I'm laying in bed three days prior, a giant, ready to, ready to kill any demon that steps in front of me. Now I'm in a fetal position in my bed. Crying. Because I feel like, because everything didn't look picture perfect like I thought or whatever, that I had ruined my life. But I know God had called me to it. I'm sharing that with you for this purpose. It's not easy. It really ain't. Isn't. It really ain't or isn't. But you have a choice right there. You can abound 
or you can abandon. You know who helped me abound there again? Jesus. Absolutely. But guess who? Come on, she wishes she was here. Say her name. She just leans over and basically says, you need to suck it up. <laughs> God's called you, man. So go. We know what he asks us to do, and we can do it. It's like, but go. Stop. It was a little sweeter than that, but not much. <laughs> she looks to me to be her leader. No army wants to see their general crying in the sand. If you're a general, if you're the head of your family, get up and lead. Amen. You're called to it. Come on. You're not the one that's supposed to be crying in the pillow. If you want to do that, go in the woods or call your pastor. <laughs> Don't let your troops see it. I had a choice, though. Deep breaths. In and out. Lamas breathing, whatever they call it. Deep breaths. You breathe. You breathe in, you breathe out, and you say, God called me. Amen. Let's move forward. Let's abound. Let's advance. Let's not stop. Let's not stop. With just the rattling of bones. We get there. Man, I've taken a leap of faith. I'm not working. That's right. I'm not working. And I don't like it. <laughs> I, I almost rented a building to open a furniture store. So that I could. And legitimately my heart is not desiring to make money. Legitimately. I want to be able to meet people in my community. The day before, I'm going to go rent this building and, um, you know, open up this store. It's just what I know how to do. You guys haven't, some of you have seen that aspect of my life, but some of you haven't. It's what I've done all my life, and so I know what I can do. And I'm, I'm getting ready to rent that building and make that step. And so, okay, now my ministry will be funded. Great. And now I'll meet people. Great. And the day before, the Lord is saying, shut it down. I'm doing this, not you. Okay, so what do you do? You do what he says, I believe. You do what the man says because the man knows what he's doing. And I have a chance in that moment to abound or abandon. You know, he's so gracious. He's so gracious. And that night, phone calls from two places right there, Mr. Treasure. That night, brother, in this body right here to support our church. What do you do with that, huh? You want to abandon God? Do it your way? Or you want to sit back and watch something happen that's way out of your realm? You'll never be able to, I'll never be able to give this testimony and say, I orchestrated that, and I orchestrated that, and I've orchestrated that. I can't say that. I have nothing. And so I get there, and here's what we're doing. Kathleen's homeschooling Ezekiel. It's wonderful. God is good. My family's in good shape, just so y'all know. They're not here with me. 
to testify, but I want you to know my family's in good shape. My kids are doing great. Me and Kathleen are doing great. Happy, giddy, and love, just like always. A few little skirmishes here and there because of the trials. But we're good. We're solid. We're doing this together. You just see me, and I got you know Zach and Rodney. These are my bodyguards. These are my bodyguards. Zach, come with me because he's my sidekick. Rodney, he just got on board yesterday. He needed to get away. God's doing a work in his life, giving him deliverance, and this is his week too. Big Rodney's been with me since I was a little boy. And so I signed Ezekiel up for flag football. Wonderful fun time. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. You know what my strategy is. I don't know anything about coaching football. My team won one game. We didn't make the playoffs. Playoffs? We didn't make them. I had one goal, and that's for people to see Jesus in my family. That's it. It's all year I wondered, man. I would tell them, oh, Zeke, what do you do here? Oh, you know, I, man, I work miscellaneously. I don't know, do a little this, a little that. You know, that little game you play, like, I really don't know what I do. No, I'm a pastor of a church. Eric and Jennifer were there. We had fun. We did all kinds of things. And they encouraged us like crazy. While we're on the road eating donuts and, you know, living it up. But the fellowship, man, you can't touch it. You can't touch it. Everything they said, we glean from. We don't need to sit down and take notes. All we got to do is watch. They said, tell people who you are and what you do. Don't beat around the bush. You don't have a Bible study, and you do not work anywhere else. You are a pastor of a church that's growing in the suburbs of Washington, D.C., so say it like it is. And so I never did that to the football team, but they got the drift. <laughs> they got Because the season was over. That's the only reason. Otherwise, I would have done it all through the season, I promise. <laughs> and so, but they seen it. I gave one was going on a top-secret mission to unknown place, which I think is really cool, and I gave him a book, uh, the, the submission book, and just for him to read, and man, I can't wait for him to get back in a few months, and that's going to be done, touched his life, but anyway, just little by little, I told him, you know, about the church, different stuff, and never, who? It was a parent. It was a parent. Yeah, not a kid. Oh, yeah. Spencer needs extra interpretation, <laughs> and so I, my purpose, my purpose, guys, was to just see if I can't, see if we couldn't share the love of Jesus and show the love of Jesus in a way that would actually attract people. All year, Kathleen, you know, who's the real shining star in the family, is on the sidelines mostly chasing my other two. And I'm out there coaching the kids, and it's just chaos. It is. And, and we have a final party, end of the year party, that Kathleen and I wanted to throw for the kids. And uh, these are all testimonies, so y'all take them in your bank. This is what my months have looked like. In a nutshell, I'm not giving you every detail, but it's very, uh, it's some of the highlights. And uh, we're at this party, and I'm thinking, man, I just want to tell them all, look, see how lovely my family is? We just started a church. Come on. I'm telling you, it'll change your life. I don't know what to tell you, but it'll change your life. And um, no opportunity. But Kathleen got to go to the party for the first time, and that allowed her to get in the corner and talk to some of the ladies, 
And next thing you know, guys, and long story short of me hearing somebody mention church, and then I race back over, and I just start this whole spiel of the power of God. That three of those 12 families are coming to our church. That's, that's God stuff. That's God stuff. There's nothing wrong with flyers in the mail. There's nothing wrong with any of that. Plenty of people I know do that, and I, don't, I love it. But God asked me to do it this way Amen. so he could show me that it works this way too. And it's lovely. Just keep on abounding. Keep on advancing. Don't let up. Don't stop. Don't quit. Um, periodically, um, over the past three months, I would be maybe asked to do a, a speaking engagement somewhere because I'm not, you know, in the same town I lived in, not even close. It's here, like if you're an hour away, you're still in Houston. But there, if you're an hour away, it's like you're in a different world, you know. You know what I'm saying? So you're in a different world, a different town, a different everything. And, but we were close enough to some of the people from our um, uh, um, not past, but past. And um, a revival speaker couldn't speak, and so they asked me to speak. And guys, this testimony, please don't think any of this is tooting Zeke's horn. What I'm doing is I'm saying what I was gifted here, I've been able to carry, and so I'm really excited about that. Yeah. And you gave it to me. You gave, you gave it to me, and now I'm getting to take it, okay? And this, this church asks me, to come fill in for a revival speaker who backed out. Lovely. <laughs> what, what do I speak on? You know the miracle of this, guys? The miracle of this. I'm riding down the road. The Lord says, you will speak to this Baptist church on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Yeah! <laughs> and you know what the miracle of it was? This pastor is the pastor who almost seven or eight years ago to that month invited me on the missions trip while I was filled with the Holy Spirit for the very first time. So I'm at his church these years later. It's kind of crazy and silly, but don't let the details scare you. Here's what happened. I'm standing before the crowd, and the next thing you know, I'm saying, you must be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And do you know what? Something shifted in that church. Completely shifted. And the pastor with tears in his eyes came and said, Zeke, I never thank you enough for bringing that. And so that, that's the testimony of what ours has been like. If you could stand up right now and sit down and stand up and sit down and stand up and then spin around three times and sit down and stand up and sit down and spin around three times, that's kind of the roller coaster it's been. I've cried myself to sleep. I've also walked in absolute authority and victory. We've seen miracles. We've seen people come into our um, church that have been delivered and set free. Okay? And I'm not alone. You know, whatever the Lord has um, chose to do different. Do you know I got one of the best gifts that you could ever have? I have an earthly brother who is a spiritual brother. Zach and his family run right arm in arm with me. Amen. So I'm not alone. I have nothing to whine about at all. 
I just testify this. Abound. Don't abandon. Over an area in your life that needs victory. Over whatever. And of the many people in this church maybe that will be here forever or will be off in other nations. You'll lay in a hut one night or you'll lay in a bed one night in another city or you'll do something or you'll be, well for me it's at night. You know, I'm laying in bed and I'm like, Man, that sword pulling thing, come on. But you got what it takes, just like I got what it takes. But you got to keep in mind, abound. I go forward. I don't know how to go backwards. You know why? Maybe because it's like what Peter says a little bit. Like in um, uh, John chapter 6. You know, they're, they're teaching a pretty, Jesus is saying a pretty hard thing here in John chapter 6. Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink His blood, you have no life in yourself. He, he who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I'll raise him up in the last day, and so on and, and so forth. And he's preaching, my spirit gives life. The flesh profits nothing. And so as a result, many of his disciples withdrew and were no more walking with him. I don't want to be in that company, guys. I don't. I don't. And there, there is not a person in here that is exempt from maintaining that kind of steadfast faithfulness towards making sure that you yourself are not disqualified. None of us. I don't want to be the ones that walk away and didn't walk with Jesus anymore. Here's what I want to be. I don't want to know no other way. I, actually, I don't want to know how to abandon I don't even want to know how to pull a sword. Don't even want to know how. Jesus said to the twelve, do you, want to go, you don't want to go away also, do you? Come on, Simon Peter says, Lord, where else shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. What other option do you got, man? What do you got, Zeke? What other option do you have? You're laying in bed and you're broken but you know what you're called to do. Are you going to go or are you going to abandon? You know what would have been a slap in the face to God? To abandon. You know what would have been a slap in the face to my family? To abandon. You know what would have been a slap in the face to this church who commissioned me and sent me? Abandonment. Don't do it. Don't even entertain it because there's more yet to go. We got, we got more yet to go. There's more than just the rattling of bones. I'm going to share that with you because it just spoke to me. There may not be a, a bit of, I don't know. I, all I can say is how it's speaking to me. And just because I'm testifying tonight, that's how it's going to come out. But go to Ezekiel 37 where uh, Eric read from in the, um, in, the, in the worship. And there's more than just the rattling of the bones. He's saying, the hand of the Lord was upon me and brought me out by the Spirit and set me down in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones. He caused me to pass among them round about and behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley and lo, they were very dry. And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord, God, you know. Again, he said to me, prophesy 
over these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter you that you may come to life. I will put sinews on you, make flesh grow back on you, cover, we, cover you with skin and put breath in you that you may come alive and you will know that I am the Lord your God. Prophesy to them bones. There's more to just the rattling of the bones. Okay, what do you mean? Verse number seven, I prophesied what? I love this. This is what I love the most. It's not, it's not even the prophecy as much as it is. He did what God said. He prophesied as the Lord commanded. I love that because it's both. It's both that he chose to spoke and it's both that he chose to obey. I love you that, but not getting sidetracked. Here we go. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise and behold, a rattling. Man, can you picture yourself there? Can you picture that vision? Can you picture that event? Can you picture it? You prophesy. You speak to the bones and you hear rattling. Oh, that's crazy good. I hope there's some rattling of bones tomorrow night. I really do. And tonight. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise. There was a noise. Some translations were there say it might sound like a thunder. Bless you, Joy. It's a family meeting, remember? <laughs> you don't have to, sweetie. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise, like thunder, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to its bone. And I looked, and behold, sinews were on them, and flesh grew, and skin covered them. Can you see this? Can you see it? Can you see Ezekiel prophesying? And the bones come together and the sinews coming on it. I don't know if your Bible's had that. Y'all have sinews? Because I think it's tendons, right? I'm going to say tendon because sinew, I don't even understand. Tendons. The tendons come on them. Flesh grew and skin covered them and there was no breath. There wasn't any breath. There's more than rattling of bones. There's more to go. There's more to have. There's more yet, so abound. Go, move forward. Never abandon and never go backwards because there's more than just rattling of bones. Jesus wasn't done yet because his promise right up there in verse 6 or 7 is that I was going to put breath in him. There's more than rattling of bones. Here we go. Come on, Ezekiel. And I looked, and behold, there was flesh on him, but there was no breath in him. And then he says this, okay? There's God again. He's saying, prophesy to the breath. <laughs> prophesy to the breath. Not the bones. Prophesy to the breath, son of man, and say, Breath, thus says the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain, that they may come to life. And so what did Ezekiel do? He prophesied as he was commanded. And what happened? You know what stood to their feet? An army. An army. An army. And that's what life looks like when we abound and when we go forward. And when it's so hard, we can hardly breathe, and we just go forward. Amen. Hey, and this isn't a crybaby story. <laughs> it's not. This is your brother being vulnerable and saying it's hard, but we're winning. Okay, Amen. that's the end of the story right here. We are winning. Amen. 
We are winning. Every day, we're winning. Not one day have we lost. When you abandon, it's costly. And many of us have been there. Might be in some kind of environment like that right now. I'm telling you, know that Jesus is a redeemer. Don't leave beat up. Leave knowing tomorrow will be different. See, I'm not the same man I was yesterday. We were talking about that in the tent with Zach and Rodney and Eric and, you know, the whole gang that came out there. It was Judah. It was Jacob. He's a redeemer. About tomorrow. See, I'm different than I was just yesterday. Just yesterday. I'm not riding last year's testimonies. I'm not riding them things. My only story can't be that I packed up and moved to Sugarland. That's three years ago. You got to go forward. Amen. We can't abandon. We can't go backwards. And so we're winning, guys. We're winning. So here it is. We're in my basement. Nick and Sam have seen it. Tell me who's seen it. Eric and Jennifer. Okay. And Judah and Abby and Larissa. Because she was there for a wedding, so I only got to see her a little bit. Gabe. Judah. And others by pictures. And um, we're in our basement with chairs set up and a little podium that doesn't exactly stand straight. <laughs> okay? And we're seeing lives touched there. Um, I have a pastor friend who comes up and leads music for him. I'm trying to give you all a picture now before we um, finish. Um, so we have a big basement. We have chairs there, and we meet there. And uh, Just to give you, like, a number, although I don't care about numbers, but we have, like, ten kids and seven adults. We're, 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 like, we're in bad shape, bad shape. Like, when we let the Sunday school go, most of the adults have to go take care of all the kids, and I'm only preaching to Zach. Get your life right today. <laughs> Who, who's he preaching to? He's preaching to me. But God is doing something. And it's so much fun because it's all him. Amen. I was getting ready to go find a clever name. You know, just something cool to attract people. You got to have a good name. You know, Larissa left a letter. And I got to thinking. God got to asking, what have I given you already? Submission Ministries and Fellowship. I want to be as much like the men who taught me as I can. And so I'm Submission Ministries and Fellowship. That's the name of our church. That church is a church plant of life-changing ministries and fellowship. Okay? And we're doing pretty good. And I love y'all for praying for me. I love y'all for visiting me. I love you for giving to me. And I love you for being my family. There's no way, no way I could do it without you. I'm telling you, there's no chance. You don't think I feel your prayers? I do. You don't think I care about the text messages, the phone calls? I love them. In my, in my toughest hours, you know, I don't need self-affirmation a whole lot. I'm just not one of those guys. But after about two months of wondering, man, have I really goofed up? I just had to call Eric and not even ask for it. Just say, you know, bro, I'm starting to feel well. I, 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 
I understand a little bit now. He's, he says, he, I'm stepping away from the guys. And he says, you're doing the right thing. You've got what it takes. Go. You know what I was able to do in that moment, Rodney? Abound. Amen. When that feeling of abandon comes on you, kick it in the teeth. Kick it in the teeth like the cowboy. I was watching some of it. It provoked me to that movie. I love it. But I didn't watch it, just the clip. But I love, I, I love that clip. <laughs> Kick him in the Jack, teeth. Yeah. yeah, Billy Jack. It's like he, I, he's going to lose. You know, guys, tell me if it, um, I didn't want this to sound like any sob story. I wanted to give you my heart. We're winning. You see this smile on my face? We're winning. Amen. We're winning. And I love y'all. And um, if I could ask for a prayer as we close, because I'm going to pray for y'all, but um, just pray for um, um, these three nights. These three nights. Uh, I'm fully devoted to, my, to a, the church plant there in D.C., but this is ground that the Lord has told me to be faithful to sow to be faithful, to keep it stirred up. Because one of these days, and who knows, you know, one of these days, you never know, um, you know, the ones that will raise up and take it. Amen. You just keep on tilling, and you keep on going. So I'm just trying to be faithful to that, and it gives me an excellent, excellent excuse to come see you. Amen. As if I need one. Amen. And um, pray for my brother and his family. Uh, pray for Rodney and his family. Those guys that come out here, um, we're, we're coming out strong and courageous, but some of us are, you know, pretty battle-scarred. Battle we're battle-wounded. Rodney's going through some, some dog fights right now. Rodney's, Rodney's been in the kingdom 17 years, but he's never been among people like this. He's in a dog fight now. But God's delivering him and healing him. Amen. Okay? And I love y'all. And anything you need, you call me. And if you don't stop me, I'll just. Y'all love Zeke Lamb? Yeah. We're going to do some things together here. That last passage that Zeke read from Ezekiel 37. Ten times in only 14 verses. In Hebrew, the word ruach, spirit, or wind, or breath is used. How important do you think the spirit of God is to what we're doing? Zeke showed up among us with a pure heart. He showed up among us with a seriously high calling on his life. Much like Apollos ran into some believers. They ran into Priscilla and Aquila. But something was added here in the way of an emphasis in his life. And it would be with him forever. And he is going to win. Because as he says in Zechariah, it's not by my might nor by my power, but it is by my ruach, says, says the Lord. And he is filled with the Spirit of God. And so is his wife. The Holy Spirit is the key to our victory. I want to share something that one man said to another that loved him and admired him. 
This is 1 Timothy 4, starting in verse 12. Do not let anyone look down on you because you are young. Set an example for the believers in speech, in life, in love, in faith, and in purity. Till I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to preaching and teaching. And do not neglect your gift, which was given you through a prophetic message when the body of elders laid their hands on you. Be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them. So that everyone may see your progress. This is left out of ministry so often. We don't want people to see our progress. We want them to see our success. Zeke let you see some of his progress tonight. It's a hard thing. And I don't know what to tell you, but it's one kind of Christian that can walk into a warehouse church. It's another that can walk into the compact center. And it's another... It can start in a garage or a basement. And I have done it. And I know what it takes. And I know the demons that you wrestle with literally. But the brother has not backed up. And I'm proud of him. And so these words come to mind from the 6th chapter and 12th verse. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. In the sight of God who gives life and everything. And of Christ Jesus, who while testifying before Pontius Pilate made the good confession, I charge you to keep this command without spot or blame until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which God will bring about in his own time. God, the blessed and only ruler, the King of kings and Lord of lords who is immortal and who lives in unapproachable light. Who no one has seen or can see. To him be honor and might forever. The things that we do in our lives cannot be for our glory. They cannot be to put our names on a sign. They have got to be for his glory. And when there is pain in the offering. It brings him glory. When you sell the house that you built with your own two hands or where you planted your trees when your children were born. It hurts. And anybody that says different is lying to you. It hurts, but it's a light and momentary trouble when compared with the all-surpassing glory. And Zeke said it right. If you can't give up your house, you haven't given up your life. And I've met so many Christians that talk a good game. But when it comes down to giving up anything, they cannot do it. But every once in a while, you meet men that do. Are y'all proud of him? Mm -hmm. I'm proud of him. Mm -hmm. 